Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Who's That Earl by Susanna Craig. So this was published in 2020 and it is the first in the Live and Let Spy series. So apparently we're going all out on the spies lately. And the, the framing device of this novel reminded me a lot, actually, of the Carsingtons. Yes. Yep. Me too. It, that someone who's sort of a side character is revealed to at least be matchmaking behind the scenes for the mm-hmm. entire series. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that was a fun call out. I, I really liked that part. <laughs> I really liked it a lot, actually. So um, let's just dive right into it with the book jacket. Will scandalous secrets stand in the way of a second chance at love? Miss Jane Quayle excels at invention. How else could the sheltered daughter of an English gentleman create lurid gothic novels so infamous someone wants their author silenced forever? Fortunately, Jane has taken steps to protect herself. First, by assuming a pen name, and second, by taking up residence at remote Dunnock Castle, surrounded by rugged scenery that might have been ripped from the pages of one of her books. Her true identity remains a secret until one dark and stormy night. After years of spying for the British Army, Thomas Sutherland doubts the Highlands will ever feel like home again. Nevertheless, thanks to a quirk of Scottish inheritance law, he's now the Earl of Magnus, complete with a crumbling castle currently inhabited by a notorious novelist. When the writer turns out to be the woman Thomas once wooed, suspicions rise even as mutual sparks reignite. As danger closes in, can Jane and Thomas overcome their pasts to forge a future together? Yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. I feel like every time there's a question, it's obviously a rhetorical question. But every time it, it, one of the book jackets end, ends in a question, I'm just like, yes, they will. Or <laughs> will it be doomed forever? No, it won't. <laughs> like, this is a romance novel, we know. I like this one because it starts with a question that the answer is no. And it ends with a question where the answer is yes. Yeah. I I like it. I actually have no problems with this jacket. I think it's a, I think it's cute. Um, I think it tells you what you're going to get. I have no problems with this book jacket at all. Yeah, same. So it's a great jacket. I do want to point out that I like the book cover. I think the cover is very pretty. That said, if you look at that book cover, that woman is like real skinny. Mm. And uh, Jane is not skinny. So I just want to point that out um, that I was attracted to this novel because of the cover. But once I started reading it, I was a little I was a little frustrated with it. I don't think I'd seen the cover. Ah, mm-hmm. Or at least I've seen it in like Goodreads compilations. Right. But not in the like I didn't see it as I started to read it, and so that didn't strike me. And you are totally right. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. She has real scrawny little arms, which, you know, whatever, like that's fine. I don't care if you have scrawny arms, but Jane does not have scrawny arms, so I don't know who this woman is. I'll just say that. It's Davinia Ross. Uh, okay, makes more sense now. <laughs> She's, um, I don't, she has one line in the whole book. <laughs> but she made the cover, so. 
<laughs> obviously. But I, I just want to, I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. So no problems with the jacket writing, but maybe make your cover model look like your heroine. Just like it, it's from the back. It would not have been hard to find a slightly fatter woman. That's all I have to say. Just a little bit more weight on her arms. Like the body looks fine. Well, because the style of dresses back then, everyone looked a medium pregnant. Exactly. So, and that's the thing too. Like what the dresses, you look medium pregnant already. What's the point in having scrawny arms just to prove that she's skinny, I guess. I don't know. Anyway. That's a very legitimate criticism. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so as usual, we generated a random number to write our own summaries of this book. And this week's random number is five. You know, sometimes I like the really short ones because you have to really think hard about what you want to get across to our listeners, you know? So I um, cheated a little bit. So my five-word summary is Hallmark movie set in Scotland. I mean, I don't think that's cheating. It is in the sense that, like, that could fit a lot of romance novels. I mean, yeah. But I this one felt especially made for TV movie to me. Yeah, I can see that, except it, it, there is a little more steam than a Hallmark movie. I, I mean, not much more, but a little bit more. <laughs> a little more. What was your five-word summary? So I changed this at the very last minute because I, I, I was like, okay, what do I want to say? So this is my five-word summary. Historical romance, bromance book club. I, it had not struck me all the parallels between those series until Meg said it, but there really are a lot. Yeah. No, there is not an actual bromance book club. So he doesn't get together with his bros to read the novel that said, everyone in town is reading the novel together. So there is sort of a book club thing and he does, I'm going to give it away. I'm just going to say it now. He does get a book boner and I loved it. Yes. So what are the other tropes, Lane? So I think the main one is this is a second chance romance. Yeah. I mean, that was right in the right in the jacket. So, yes. So he is Scottish, as they say, um, and he enlists in the military and gets signed up or whatever. And so as he's waiting to ship out and waiting for his orders, he ends up killing some time in like a, a southern English town where they have basically love at first sight for him and love it when she looks up for her. Love it, love it, love it first actual glimpse instead of yeah. just listening to him, yeah. Uh, and so they then spend the next indeterminate couple of weeks courting. He, you know, decides he wants to try to make it work with her like the night before he shits out, but... Plot happens, so they're separated, and he goes off overseas for seven years, and she ends up living her life. But so, basically, they're, the main characters are seeing each other for the first time in seven years. Yeah. But when in, they finally meet in this book. Yes. Uh, one of the other big tropes is mistaken or hidden identity on both of their ends. So both right. of them are pretending to be someone that they're not, sort of. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. It's it's complicated, guys. Okay. But that said, the, one of the things I did like is that 
it's not like Thomas recognized Jane, but she didn't recognize him. And then he didn't want to let on that they had met seven years ago or anything like that. Like they immediately recognized each other as the, the person they fell in love with seven years ago. So I, I did like that part of the hidden identity thing. Yeah, the only thing that I struggled with in that sequence, and it didn't have to do with the hidden identity, mm-hmm. when you finally figure out the terms on which they parted, which mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil because it is revealed halfway through the book, Yeah, I didn't understand the emotional response the two of them had in that scene. Yeah, that's fine. Like, they were sort of acting like they parted on bad terms. Right. Or somebody had, like, pieced out on the other. Mm-hmm. And that's not what happened. So I'm sort of confused as to why the author at least tries to present that scene as loaded with animosity. Mm -hmm. I can understand it being loaded with tension. Right. But I I don't necessarily feel like once there's enough like mystery in terms of what actually happened with them through the book that's kind of meant to keep you hooked. And I feel like, you know, 60% of the way through the book when all of that sort of gets revealed, the way they've behaved doesn't necessarily make sense in hindsight. Yeah, that's fair. Totally fair. So he is, as is mentioned in the book jacket, the unexpected heir. He never expected to inherit, but he was somehow related on the maternal side. His grandmother was a descendant of the Earl of Magnus. And in Scotland, apparently you can, you know, (laughs) you can inherit through that end or whatever. I I don't know. I don't actually think it's a Scottish thing. Okay. So this is me synthesizing a lot of information. So like, I'm not speaking super confidently on this, whether or not a line is male primogeniture only, Mm -hmm. or whether it's primogeniture, but women or women's lines can inherit is actually based on the specific title. So in the same way that like certain English dukes are still allowed to be Catholic, Mm-hmm. certain aristocratic titles are specifically tied to a history of allowing female lines to inherit and some aren't right so I, I don't think it's like all of Scotland it might be more common in Scotland I don't know but yeah. I think it just has to do with like this specific title so he's the unexpected heir basically which we've seen a million times um, in this case at least he wasn't like close friends with whoever died to make him heir yeah, it's real distant. Yeah. So like he basically says not only is he the last line, he's the last person. Yeah. And it's I mean it's it's unexpected not because he thought someone else would inherit but because he had no idea he was even in line to inherit. Right. Like in the same way that you might meet other people in your town with the same last name who aren't related to you. Like he knew in theory his grandma was like somehow distantly connected to the lairds but like Right. Not in any real way. Exactly. So there's a lot of people in this book who are really invested <laughs> in their relationship. Mm-hmm. So not only is there the individual pulling the strings behind the scenes, a la the parents in Mr. Impossible and the rest of the Carsington series, but the housemaid yeah. is like very much a maternal figure to her definitely starts meddling in matchmaking and the rest of the town does too, to a lesser degree. Basically the entire town, but like his, his buddy who um, owns the tavern, um, basically everyone except the, the vicar. So. 
Yeah. And he's with this town very much like the little boy lost come home. Mm-hmm. So he was only raised there in like the summers when he would visit his grandma. This isn't the town he was born in, but like it is the town he was raised in. Right. And none of these people have seen him in a decade. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and then I think I mentioned as well, uh, we're going full out on the spy thing. He's a spy. He was a spy for seven years. He was a spy for seven years. He is not currently a spy. The book is actually about him choosing between yes. being the Earl or being a spy. Right. And so it's not like he's here on a mission or here to fulfill some sort of duty or even like using his spy traits. Correct. Or skills. So this didn't feel super spy to me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I don't mind that it didn't feel spy I just there's like if our listeners are like, oh, so Lane has another husband. No, <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> I mean, Thomas was fine. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. I this actually bothered me. Yeah. So Meg and I talk all the time about how much we hate you don't know you're beautiful mm-hmm. and how often you'll have a, a heroine who isn't like svelte and gamine or whatever. And in what they'll try to be like, she's pretty plain looking and she's dowdy and she might be chubby, but her eyeballs. Yeah. And in this one, it was she's stout and chubby and no one's really interested in her figure and her eyes are pretty, but not exceptional. Yeah. Like you didn't like subvert it just because you added the modifier. <laughs> because Thomas is still like really into her. So well, and it was like not that relevant. Also like, true. Nothing in her life was about her appeal to men, other yeah. than the way that she remembered fondly her days with Thomas. Right. Like there really wasn't a need. Like I'm always happy to hear that a heroine isn't like the hottest woman in the entire world to everybody, but ultimately it wasn't relevant enough to the text for the way the text dwells on it, to my mind. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, and then of course this one, he he feels that because he left and because he has spent seven years as a spy. He doesn't really have a home anymore. And also he's going to go back. Not only that, he's going to go back and he's going to have to tell everyone, oh, actually, I'm the Earl. So Mm -hmm. I grew up here and you think I'm coming back to be your buddy, but actually I'm your landlord. So sorry. Um, But of course, the it's it's very much a, a Wizard of Oz ending where there you can go home again. There there's no place like home. So oh times a trillion which I you know what I don't hate I actually liked it for both of them because she's also somebody who's experienced trauma and was kicked out by her evil dad Mm -hmm. and so she's subsequently tried to choose not to be close to anyone or feel attached to anything which is usually a romance hero trope right and so for her the book is about learning she can have a home too yeah well she's a secret author which we see a lot, like the Dear Lady True Love series. Sometimes it's journalism, sometimes it's, but Penelope, mm-hmm. like women who secretly write are a big thing in romance novels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with This Ring by Amanda Quick. Um, oh, doesn't Daisy start writing a novel in mm-hmm. The Wallflowers? Yeah. But not like secretly. Well, 
who knows what will happen when it's published, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, you know what? We never find out about that. I wonder if that's going to be addressed in a future clapus. Anyway. Hold on. I'm trying to care. Yeah. I was like, not that I care. But. Uh, I think the other trope, so her bedroom is at the top of a tower. Yeah. It's very fairy tale-y. I love it. I actually really liked that a lot. And I liked it because it was very much her. It was. It was, it's not just her bedroom, it's also her study. So that's where she it, writes all her gothic novels. What was I saying? It leans super into the gothic novel thing. Exactly. So I was totally, totally down with it. Yes. And then their flashback, and this is revealed very early in the text. The morning he was deployed, he went to ask for her hand and couldn't get to her. Mm-hmm. I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah. And then, oh, last one. She has some dogs, and they are usually afraid of men, but they're not afraid of Thomas, though. So, obviously, that proves that he is a really good guy. Yes. And they're very, like, in tune with her emotional needs. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So... I mean, in general, I, I enjoyed this. It was really um, a short, fun, fluffy book. Yeah. I mean, there's. I'm going to be honest. There's not a ton of depth here. This isn't a book where I was, like, really impressed by the prose or the use of the tropes or anything like that. But it also didn't – I didn't feel like I wasted my time reading it. No. I think for me – I really liked the gothic romance stuff, mm-hmm. not just her books, but like the way that the gothic romantic themes played out in their love story. Yeah. I thought the Scottish town was cute. I didn't think the B characters were super well developed. I thought this book had more conflicts than it needed. Oh, I agree. Um, and they were paced weirdly. Yeah. Because, and then yeah. too much of the conflict ended up being them not talking to each other. Yeah. Because, yeah, so she's hiding the fact that she's a gothic writer. Uh, he's hiding the fact that he's the Earl. She she tells him pretty early, but she's being stalked by somebody. Um, so mm-hmm. someone says, I'm going to kill you for writing these terrible, you know, these novels that entice people into sin. And in fact, um, there end up being two people writing these nasty letters so you think one person has done it, and then actually there's someone else doing it too. Um, sort of. Sort of. Um, well, and the other thing is, though, she's masquerading as a widow. So yes. he thinks she's got an ex-husband she's mourning. Mm-hmm. You know, neither of them explain their perspective of what happened the morning that they were separated seven years ago for way too long for no good reason. Yeah. Like, the, And that's what I mean. Like, they're playing it up like they somehow hurt each other and have reasons to not be open. Yeah. And that's just not true. Yeah. I don't understand why these two characters, especially as how they were developed later in the book, didn't immediately be like, holy shit, where have you been for the last seven years? And like, where did you go that day? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, there there was enough conflict that they could have done that and still had the, he, he could have used his spy skills to help figure out, you know, who was sending the letters and, you know, so it, it could have played out differently. But I did feel like Susanna Craig had to, she felt like she had to go the historical romance route with the miscommunication stuff. Well, and like he's her landlord, so her stress is will he or won't he renew her lease? Mm-hmm. 
But I, it, all of it just didn't super work. They were cute. I enjoyed the story. I thought it was fluffy, fun, and funny. Yes. But the wider plot did not work for me. Yeah. Um, so I said this was like the historical romance version of the Bromance Book Club. And I, I think I think we need to talk about that a little bit because. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. So it, it wasn't as explicit as in the Bromance Book Club where he would say, oh, this is the middle of the story. I need to do this. On the other hand, there were tons of times where she would think, hmm, what would my heroine do in this situation? Right. Right. Or he would say, oh, wow, like I'm reading this in the book. I didn't realize that's how she felt. <laughs> right. And the other thing is he definitely reads the book, not necessarily to get a sense of like what women want emotionally or physically, mm-hmm. but he reads the book partially to prove to himself, like, is she really the author? He's trying to discern if it's her or if she really is the like amensust. Um, amanuensis. Thank you. Amanuensis that she claims to be, or did she really write them? So he discovers a truth about her from the books. Right. So it's not, it's not like one-to-one. We are not accusing anyone of plagiarism. No, I think they were both published at the same time. So I don't think they even, you know, knew about the other, but I guess it just speaks to what we talked about when we reviewed the Bromance Book Club where it, you know, if you do want to know about what women want, maybe it's a good idea to read media or watch media or, you know, whatever, indulge in media that's been created by women for women, you know? And I don't think her books are necessarily created for women, but the point very much still stands. Yeah. Well, she um, doesn't, most people don't know it's created by a woman. That's true. This is true. Most people don't know it's created by a woman. And although most of the readers are women, I don't think it's explicitly marketed towards them. Right. Um, That said, I did love that the entire town was just obsessed with all of the books. I loved it. Okay, so this is another, like, plot question, though. Mm -hmm. So apparently the vicar only realizes that the author has been renting the castle when a townsperson lets it slip. Mm Mm-hmm. But she wasn't doing anything to hide her identity. She was blatantly picking up the author's mail. They knew it was coming delivered. The whole town knew he traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out why it was such a mystery, how somebody figured out where the author was living. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... Because it, like, it, at no point did anyone attempt to keep it a secret. No, no. One of my favorite parts of the book is when Thomas gets the book boner. Basically, he's reading the book. Because he wants to, as Lane said, determine whether it she was the author or not. And he's reading it. And I did like the little historical romance part where it's in three volumes. So he yes. gets to the end of the first volume. And he's like, wow, like what is going to happen? And mm-hmm. um, he's like kind of turned on. And he's like, whoa. And then the book ends. And he's like, what? <laughs> what is, I have to know what's going to happen next. <laughs> Well, right, like serialized fiction. Yes. And this leads to my other favorite part, which is that um, he's so into it that he's sort of disrobed, like he took off his jacket and his cravat. But so he's in his shirt sleeves, which, as we all know, in historical romance land is being half naked, right? Uh, Yeah. 
And not only that, it's like raining and lightning to add, you know, to the mood of reading this gothic romance. And he's got to get the next, the next volume because he needs uh-huh. to know what happens next. So he like runs out of his room, which is in the in the gate, right? He like literally is in the gatekeeper's um, tower next to the, yep. you know, near the moat. So he like runs through the rain and then the, the whole outfit gets plastered to his body. And of course, who is he going to run into in the the castle but Jane uh duh but basically I loved it I also loved it because it was a slight you know what we didn't point this out in tropes because I didn't realize it until just now but there are so many times in the books where the woman wants something to read and so she goes out in her nightgown and goes to the library yes uh and so it's um it's a little switcheroo here Thomas is the one who is going in his in deshabille to find something to read? Is he going to find something to read, or is he going because she summoned him? I think it was kind of both at the same time, but I, I'm I'm okay with classing it in this trope. I, okay, I think it's the t- the reasoning was a little different, but I'm also fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I liked it. I liked that he showed up, and she's like. Ooh, what are you wearing? You know, but not, she doesn't say that out loud, but she thinks it in her head. I'm glad this isn't at no point where they like lying to themselves about their attraction to one another. No, I that's love a it. conflict I don't need pretty much no. ever. And I'm glad it didn't indulge in it. <laughs> nope. I, I liked that a lot, actually. And I, I said this was a short novel. I, it really is very quick. Um, I think it takes place over the span of like five or six days. Yeah, because so oh trope um specific legal document hijinks. Yes. So like apparently he's expected to like the Earl has duties that must be performed by Candlemas. Mm-hmm. But it's like Scottish dates or some shit. Mm-hmm. So by Scottish dates, that means he has to like get up there and figure it all out within two weeks. And so by the time he travels there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but it's it's fun, um, which I I do think that the fact that they had the, the past relationship and this was second chance made me just accept it. I was like, yeah, this can happen in five days. That's fine with me. Oh, totally. And like there is a little bit of time then between fake out conflict one and conflict resolution beyond that five days. But they fall in love in five days. Yeah. And they fall in love and they consummate their love. In five days. Okay. In fairness, he's sleeping in the living room to protect you and you want his body. What <laughs> else are you supposed to do? Oh, am I blaming her? Is there any shame in her game? No. No. I, think I sort fair. of love that she was very, like, honest with herself. Yes. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of beating herself up over wanting him. No, I, that was one of my favorite things I think about the book, uh, honestly, you know, yeah. I, I really loved it. So I think we generally covered the plot and what we liked and what we didn't like. Was there anything you found offensive or that needed a content warning? I would just say in terms of content warning, um, there's some violence against women, mm-hmm. not by a lover or a partner and props for never veering into sexual assault territory. Yes. I actually appreciated that a lot. 
there <laughs> this is terrible this is really terrible to be like I really appreciated that but I really appreciated the fact that the person who you know wants to murder her for writing the books does not also want to rape her for writing the books yeah just wants her dead right and I'm like good and, <laughs> and then there sure. was some veiled threats of violence against her in the end that mm -hmm. I honestly felt like I didn't understand who or what I was supposed to think about the big bad at the end. Yeah. Like what threat was really posed there. Yeah. I'm not. And I didn't sure. yeah. need it. No, no, I didn't need it either. So that's my like vague way of saying it could have done without that little piece. Yeah. I, I just also want to say for the record, I am all for silent sex yeah. like we are communicating without words we're letting our bodies do the talking but either it needs to be explicitly because you are choosing not to talk right or because everything that needs to be said has been said right it can't be some weird ass mind meld yeah but like i'm supposed to believe the fact that you have failed to communicate effectively through this whole damn book is suddenly resolved by what you learned from her kiss yeah no, thank you. Use your words. Yeah. Yeah. You need, you need to use your words. We're going to skip all the middle sinsters, but we're going to read the last sinster trilogy because there's all this communication that tries to happen through sex. It does not work, but I think you're going to love it. But, but it just pissed me off here because it did oh. work. Yeah. And I was like, so, I mean, That's other than cool. silent sex being kind of weird in my mind, did you think the sex was sexy here? Uh, yes. I did. Did I think it was like super sexy? Would I say, oh my God, if you pick up that, that Susanna Craig book, you are going to like singe your eyebrows off? No, but I did feel like they were attracted to each other. I did like how the sex went down in the castle. I needed his body to be described more. That's fair. I mean, he is a Scot. And I just, like, it felt like the sex scenes, it's not that they were G-rated. They were very R-rated. Mm -hmm. Until penetration. Yeah. Which I always feel like is a weird device. And, like, there were several paragraphs devoted to describing her boobs. And, like, I don't know if he has cut lines in his hips. Helene's <laughs> like, okay, who's reading this book? Not Thomas. Right. Me. Yeah. How tall was he? I don't know. This is the problem for me. Yeah. I mean, he's a Scot, so we can assume he's like, great, but you're right. We need to know. It would be better to know. Right. I don't, I, my imagination works just fine. Authors are both filling these gaps for me. Yeah. No, it's true. But that said, I, I did really, I did really feel like these were two characters who were attracted to each other. Definitely. That was super well done. So I, I liked that a lot. It's I, I wouldn't say that this is a book that's like full of sexual tension, but I would say this is a book that has two people who are really into each other. Well, I think part of the reason it's not full of sexual tension is they act on their mutual attraction really fast. Mm -hmm. There's, it doesn't yeah. really remain unrequited because they don't bother. And I yeah. actually really like that. Yes. Yes. I agree. I like that part. I mean, I think that's what I wrote. <laughs> so. Look, overall, 
this was a cute historical romance novel with a gothic gothic mystery flair in Scotland. Yeah. If that sounds like your cup of tea, you will probably think this is worth reading. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That said, guys, honestly, Lane and I both read the book and we were both like, yeah, this one was fine, but not much more than that. This wasn't like a superlative version of the Scot, the Scotsman, you know. We just, I don't have a lot negative to say beyond like, I wish the plot had made more sense. Mm -hmm. But we all know that's not actually a huge downside to us. <laughs> right? So I just think in the scheme of, if you really want something that you can flip through on a beach and finish in an afternoon, this will probably fit the bill. Is this the first historical romance I'm going to recommend if somebody asks me for like my top five so they can get a feel of the genre? No. Yep. Yep. I, I 100% agree with you, Lane. This is, we're on the same page for this book and this review. So. So everyone will probably be real bored. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe. And also check us out around the internet on Goodreads and Instagram at Plotris.